Well, what's been said, we see the world as we are. So let's talk about how we can control who we are so we can see the world we want to see. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, you know, over the years, we get a lot of similar questions, a lot of things that are very similar. Questions like, how can I increase my productivity? What if I'm experiencing burnout? Should I just decrease the amount of time I sleep to work in my side business? You know, those are some real common kind of questions that we get week after week. Well, I'm going to share with you seven things I use to maintain optimal health. So then I have a shot at being maximally productive. Our productivity starts with who we are. With how we're feeling physically. I mean, that's a big, big tie-in, is how we're feeling. So I'm going to give you a little bit of my story. I uh, have had a lot of requests recently. I mentioned once in a while that I went through a period of burnout. Yeah, me, Dan Miller, I really did. I'm going to tell you about it. But how I came back from that, because I certainly wasn't content to stay there, but I'm going to share with you some of the medical advice that I got during that period of time and also what I ultimately used to walk back into optimal health. So here's our quotation, and it's a little expansion on what I just opened with. This comes from Anais Neen. She was a French-Cuban-American essayist, novelist, writer of short stories. Anais Neen, you've probably seen that name, and she's the one who said, we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are. So let me say that again. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So our focus today is how can I change myself so I see the world in the way I want to see it? Now, our resource for today is an upcoming webinar. On January 14th, I'm going to be doing a webinar. We do this four times a year. And this one is going to be Finding Your Sweet Spot. I mean, there are a lot of people trying to just do things because they know they need to be responsible. It needs to be, re- needs to be done. But that's not the way to live a fulfilled, enjoyable life. Find your sweet spot. So we're going to be walking through just how to do that. You all have a sweet spot, a place where there's that convergence of talent, passion, and money. So we're going to be looking at that. Again, January 14th, 1 o'clock or 7 o'clock p.m. Central. You can choose the time slot that works for you. Of course, they're always recorded as well. You can get the replay, but go to 48days.com slash webinar and just reserve your spot. That way we'll remind you and give you the link to join me on that day, January 14th. That's Thursday, 1 o'clock or 7 o'clock, 48days.com slash webinar. Well, a lot of good news stories out there as a result of Christmas Fortunately, even in a strange year like we had, 2020, there's a whole lot of giving, generosity that was expressed right there at Christmas time. Actually, during the entire year, you know, when there are challenges like that, I mean, people tend to reach out and help each other 
more than usual. And we've seen that throughout the duration of the last three quarters of the year 2020 when we were confronted with this pandemic thing that's happening, whatever it is. So here's one. 400 families woke up on Christmas morning to a $250 gift card left outside their door with a poem, just from an anonymous giver. Now, 400 of those, $250, you do the math on that. Somebody just gave away $100,000. We got multiple stories about that being done at Christmas time. So with all the hardships they endured in 2020, many people found it more difficult than usual to believe in Santa Claus. That's why Santa went out of his way for some folks in the Canadian city of Edmonton to make sure they knew he still believed in them. A St. Nick who chooses to remain nameless left envelopes containing an inspirational rhyme along with $250 gift cards on approximately 400 doorsteps, bringing unexpected cheer to the families within. Well, there's some real touching stories about people who said, my, that's a, a month of groceries for them or other things that's going to pay the electric bill. I mean, because the way he helped them out. Now, there wasn't really, oh, there wasn't a name, but there was a kind of a, a funny uh, email address. And CBC News did reach out, but uh, says the cagey old elf preferred did not real, reveal his or her identity. But uh, he did share, he or she shared why he decided to do that. said, I decided to do it because I know that lots of people have had a really tough year and I had the means to help them out, Santa wrote back in an email. I hope the gifts gave people a sense that the world is good and there's a brighter future not far ahead. Well, wonderful ways to do that. I hope if you have the means that you found a way to be a, a special Santa Claus to somebody as well. And you don't have to wait till Christmas. Here we are in the beginning of a year. This is also a great time to reach out and do something kind to help somebody else. Now, I'm going to focus on personal health today, not just, not business tips today. We're doing a little diversion, not business tips, not how to get more Facebook likes or blog readers, you know, how to grow your business. No, we spend a lot of time doing that. But this, I'm going to talk about personal health. Now, I walk every morning. I'm going to kind of slowly ease into this and tell you about this horrendous experience I went through a couple of years ago. I walk in our morning, in our neighborhood every morning. We have a three and a half mile loop that goes around our neighborhood, comes back to our house. Now, while I work or walk, rather, I see the most amazing animals. And Joanna and I feel like we're living in a nature preserve sometimes because I see wood storks. Our favorite thing is sandhill cranes. They're beautiful blue herons. Yeah, I see a phenomenal number of eagles, you know, my favorite, but uh, sea eagles. And hingas, kind of a strange bird. They get in the water, they're black, they fish, and then they come up and stand on the shore and spread their wings to dry out. So they look kind of funny while they're standing there with their wings spread out. See a lot of those. Um, and of course, in addition, I see rabbits, squirrels, and the occasional armadillo. I also see beautiful houses with a wide variety of architectural designs, landscaping, a golf course that's breathtaking. The sun's typically shining. I mean, I love the early morning sunrise. I see the colors, the brisk air. I encounter other early walkers, bikers, runners. So I'm, I'm blessed to have an environment that's really rich like that. I heard a piece just recently. There was a piece in The New Yorker about the psychological cost of boring buildings. Buildings that are just 
one after the other, look the same, just plain and boring. There's a psychological cost to that. And I'm going to talk about how we can create our own environment so we don't have to put up with that. I mean, make sure that you are getting variety. I mean, they've shown that boring buildings have an environment, create an environmental uh, deprivation that stimulates an increase of ADHD symptoms in kids. They need rich, varied environments rather than just boring environments. I make fun sometimes of people's workplaces because they're boring. I'm very, very particular. Having moved into a new house recently, I was very, very selective. It was the first thing that, that I worked on was my office space. The colors, we changed the colors dramatically in here. You know, the lighting, I was very specific about that. The furniture that's in here, very much each piece has a position and a purpose. I just ordered a new desk that'll be here in a couple of weeks. I took a lot of time to decide exactly the kind of desk that I want. It's one of those that elevates, so I'm able to stand when I want to and sit when I want to. Has some other features, but I'm excited about that. So I'm very, very particular about the environment that I live in and that I work in because that has so much bearing on the productivity of my work. Now, this I'm going to tell you, but a couple years ago, I, I've never talked about this on my podcast in terms of really explaining what happened, but some people know enough bits and pieces and ask me if I would kind of review what happened. Well, in August of 2018, so that's over two years ago, I realized I was in trouble. I mean, <laughs> it's embarrassing to admit this. I'm the guy who talks about finding work you love, and work you love ought to bring you joy, pleasure, help you feel maximally healthy and all that. And as a writer and a coach, I get to choose my work and how I spend my time. And fortunately, as the author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I do love my work. I mean, I do. Because of that, it really came to me as somewhat of a shock when I was experiencing burnout. I mean, I had all the classic symptoms, fatigue, headaches, stuffy sinuses, irritability, fitful sleep, unexplained severe pain in my shoulders and wrist, a decreased appetite, cynicism, desire to pull back from engagement. I mean, over a few months, I told my team my functioning dropped to probably 30% of what I was capable of previously. I was sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night, and then take a nap in the morning, another one in the afternoon. Now, obviously, I wanted to fix this, to get back to the level of speaking, writing, coaching, to build my reputation. I felt like I had aged more in one year than I had in the previous 10. I was severely limited in what I could do physically. Again, sleep long hours. I was unable to even carry bags of groceries to the house because of the excruciating pain in my upper body. Well, obviously, I'm not going to be content with that. I'm going to fix that. So, you know the routine. You know, we go to somebody, you know, fix this. I'm not feeling good. So, here I saw my neurologist, physical therapist, internist, nutritionist, chiropractor, massage therapist, energy healer, 
dentist. I had blood tests, heart scans, x-rays, head MRI, and a whole lot more. And here's the deal. All the tests came back normal. Now, my trusted family doctor of 30 years, he laughed and told me to quit complaining. I was just getting old. I mean, I wanted to pop him in the nose. Are you kidding me? Just be content with what I was experiencing? Well, I wasn't going to be content, obviously. I was going to go on. Now, the, the interesting thing is, everyone was willing to give me medication. I had prescriptions for Duexis, which is like four times the strength of normal painkiller, ibuprofen, four times that, oxycodone. I mean, I was given prescriptions for those to just mask the pain. I mean, that's the deal. As I went a little deeper in researching this, I was given diagnoses of fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's disease, which is a lowered functioning of the thyroid, and Epstein-Barr, which is in the old days known as mononucleosis. So those are the things. Those are the things that I was. You just and and with none of those is there a real clear cure. So fibromyalgia. Hey, you've got it. Just learn to live with it. I know people who have had it for 20 years, and they just explain very quickly. They can't do anything because they have fibromyalgia. Hashimoto's disease, yeah, lowered thyroid functioning. Yeah, there are probably some uh, medicines you could take for that, but I wasn't really interested in doing that. And Epstein-Barr. I actually had mononucleosis when I was a sophomore in college years ago. It rocked me then, and I don't know if it stays in your body, but whatever. Here I am years later, and they say, again, I've got that Epstein-Barr. Well, I, I went to the physical therapist. Wonderful, wonderful gals who really were, they were so patient and kind and tender and supportive. And I'd spend an hour, hour and a half there, like three times a week. And I was getting a little bit more movement, but it was extremely slow. Even my walking gait was pretty pathetic. I mean, I was just stiff all over, so much so that I quit driving. I had a I had a Corvette at the time, do still do now, but had a Corvette, and I quit driving it because it was too difficult to get in and out of. So I was just driving an SUV that we had on our property. I would drive that instead. That's really telling for me because I so enjoy driving, you know, fun cars. But I stopped driving my Corvette because of the way I was feeling. I had a conversation with another a high-level hospital administrative executive doctor, um, and he reviewed my history and symptoms, made some pretty harsh recommendations uh, that I did not wait. He said that he feels that with no injury, the symptoms I had really indicated something more systemic going on. And he, he told me that persistent pain, the extreme, extreme fatigue are signs of a bigger problem, and more so than just a a sore shoulder. My shoulders were so sore. I mean, I had a neurologist who said that I could have um, rotator cuff surgery if I wanted to do that. And in retrospect, thinking back, oh my gosh, to just take a surgical approach to what I was experiencing. I mean, I have no shoulder pain today and I did not have any kind of surgery. But this doctor that I saw suggested that I get in and get some other tests done immediately, more blood work, more x-rays, to rule out some kind of mass. He suspected perhaps even some kind of cancer or leukemia. So I was working on all these, seeing a lot of professionals, and each professional that I saw, 
I saw seven, eight, nine professionals. Each one, it was like we were starting over. There was no communication or sharing of information. I was pretty appalled at the unconnected variety of treatments. Everyone was looking at me through their own lens. So neurologist was looking for neurological things. Everybody was looking for something that lined up with their area of expertise, but there was nothing to bring it all together. I told people I was reminded of the old story, the six men of Indostan, who were all blind and they all encountered an elephant. Each person had a different version of what an elephant was all about because of where they touched. It was on the trunk or on the the, uh, tusk or on a leg. Each one had a different perspective, and I felt like that's what I was dealing with. But here's the thing, and you all will understand this as listeners of this podcast. No one asked about my mindset. No one asked about negative thinking, work habits, stress producers, important relationships, my spiritual practices. I was convinced there had to be a better way. There had to be an integrated approach to include body, mind, and spirit. Then I was introduced by my son, Kevin, to Dr. Randy James, who he works with in Woodland Park, Colorado. He's a functional medicine doctor. Now, I won't go into detail about names about some of the horrendous experiences I had along the way with medical professionals, but I decided Dr. James agreed to work with me. He was excited about working with me. He asked for a long conversation. He didn't want to see any of the test results that I had. All the lab results that I had, x-rays, MRIs, and all, he didn't want to see any of that. He wanted to talk to me, talk to me for two to three hours. He wanted to hear about those very things that were absent as the other providers seemed to view me just as a biochemical mass. So we talked about my out-of-balance work habits. Yes, I love my work, but I would rationalize, you know, working 14 hours a day because I love my work. Vacation, why would I need a vacation? I love my work. Why would I need a day off? So I was way out of balance there. He talked about that, my unrealistic expectations of myself, confirmed by Joanne. He talked to Joanne as well, and she confirmed, I'm always like that. I'm never happy. You know, she asked me, you know, what I did today, and I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I only got 50% done of what I want. She knows I have those unrealistic expectations. She confirmed the physical overextension that I tend to do, not only in my work, but when I'm out in my yard, when I'm doing things with my grandkids, I tend to overdo it. So Dr. James started carefully guiding me into new patterns of diet, the introduction of some key supplements. Yes, we did extensive tests that gave indicators of some critical deficiencies and sensitivities, but we talked about modified work habits And more time was taken to adjust and observe. That's that's why I now guard the beginning of my day with practices that set the stage physically, mentally, and spiritually for optimal functioning. I know how easy it is to get the doctor to give you a prescription. You run to the, the pharmacy and get something where you hope it makes you feel better this afternoon. That didn't happen with me. I knew it was going to take some time. Dr. James assured me it took me a long time to get into the stupid condition I was in. It was going to take me some time to get out. And it did. It took me a year. I'm telling you about what happened in August of 2018. I mean, I remember so well that initial desire to just fix this, just fix it. 
And again, our tendency to look for a pharmaceutical product to give us instant relief. And the kind of process that I took with functional medicine was not a quick fix. It's a healthy alternative that rather than patching the pothole, builds an entirely new road. And that takes time. But at this point, my excitement about the next 25 years has never been greater. I mean, the confidence that I have now about being a productive and fulfilled writer and coach, um, but also a healthy husband, a daddy, a papa, inspires me every day. Now, I've got an extreme amount of gratitude for Dr. Randy James and the rest of the team at True Life Medicine. I'll put a link to that, but it's, it's, it's real easy. I mean, the link is just simply truelifemedicine.com. Now, I'm not... You know, I don't have any relationship with them in terms of promoting them other than to share my testimonial about how it transformed my life. And if you go to truelifemedicine.com, they do have a video of me on there, my video testimonial that you can look at as well. So, you know, check it out. But, I mean, it's just, I just wanted to share what happened. My personal story of how I went from really, really poor health to incredible health. I mean, the power of intentional choices. Now, I was working my way back. That was in August of 2018. Since then, you know, we've been on one cruise. It was actually about nine months into the process. But on that cruise, I knew that I had choices to make. You know what a cruise usually brings? My gosh, we uh, gorge ourselves on the food, the sweets, and all that, lay around um, I'll do all kinds of things that are counterproductive to our health. Well, I didn't do that. We went on one week, week long cruise. I had absolutely no bread, no muffins, no biscuits, cake, pancakes, bagels, cupcakes, pasta, rice, potatoes, French fries, cheesecakes, pizza, none of that. I mean, I had a great salad every day with vinegar and olive oil as the dressing. I had awesome dinners with lobster, chicken, and vegetables. When the rich desserts were offered, I'd order a small plate of cheeses and fresh berries. No soft drinks, no alcohol, lots of water. I hit the treadmill for an hour every day that we were out. Beautiful view from the 14th deck of the ship looking out over the water. I came back feeling rested and strong, not sluggish and tired. My weight the day before we went on the cruise was 174. My weight the day after the cruise was 173.5. That's not common. It's the choices that we make. Now, we have a lot of questions about you know, how people can increase their productivity. And one of the things I mentioned at the beginning here is people say, can I just sleep less to be more productive? No, I do not suggest that as a way to be more productive. It will make you less productive. Now, I still sleep as much as my body requires. And for me, that's eight hours a night. I mean, it's rare that I don't get eight hours of sleep a night. That seems to work well for me. And I wake up rested, feeling ready to go. So that's what I get night after night. Now, last week, we went through some math where we're helping people find the 15 hours a week they want to build some kind of a side business. Yes, you can find your 15 hours. You can find your eight hours of sleep every night. Again, the math we did last week was we all have 168 hours a week. If you work 40 hours a week and we allowed 10 hours a week for commuting back and forth, 
You want to spend four hours a week in church and community activities? Then we have sleep eight hours a night. You can have 10 hours a week for time with your family. That still leaves you 48 hours a week for things that you choose to do. All you need of that is 15 of those to build your business. But taking your sleep from eight hours a night to six hours or to four, like I hear some people talk about, I think that's ludicrous. I think you'll absolutely compromise your ability to be your best self, to be productive. So here I am two years later, actually a little more than that. It was in August. So August of 2020 would have been two years. So here we are two years after that and more 2021. I'm still experiencing the health that I did. No question about it. But I didn't stop there. I didn't stop there at all. Hey, before I tell you what I'm doing today, let me just remind you, normally I have questions. I've got a buildup of questions through the holidays here. We'll go back to those next week. Uh, Thanks for submitting those. And if you've got a success story of your own or a challenge that you want to share, or just simply a question about moving forward in your own success path, hey, just shoot it into me at askdan at 48days.com. Again, nothing complicated, just askdan at 48days.com. I didn't stop there. I didn't just slow down and be content with where I was. No, I take supplements, and I'll tell you the four that I take. There are four basic supplements that I take every single day. I don't miss a day. And this is kind of a funny irony as well, because I'm told by Dr. James and my son, Kevin, who's involved in this as well, that most people take those supplements for about 90 days. They do feel better. And then they think, well, I feel better, so I'll just stop taking the supplements. I can't imagine doing that. This helped me rebound from such a low spot physically in my life. I don't expect to ever stop taking the the vitamins, the supplements that I'm taking. So here's what I take. Without, you know, I'm not particular on, well, I mean, I, I take the ones prescribed for me by Dr. James, but... They are a probiotic, a multivitamin, vitamin D, and omega fish oil. Those are the ones I take. So nothing real complicated. And I'm not taking, you know, 50 a day of anything. That's it. Those four basic supplements, those I do consider to be really important. Now, I do have an exercise routine. I get up in the morning, I do some stretches, I do some breathing, then I get out and walk the three and a half mile loop. You know, sometimes I do other kinds of Uh, cardiovascular workouts and so on. So again, you know, you figure out what works for you, what you enjoy doing. But I'm doing some other things as well. As I'm recording this, I'm just at the end of three days of fasting. Now, it's the beginning of the year. You may hear that talked about a lot. Some people are doing, you know, radical kind of things. I do a three-day at the beginning of the year. So I'm just at the end of the third day. That means for three days, I've had nothing but water and tea. Now, even there, you know, people think, oh my gosh, you must be suffering, you're struggling. No, it's more a mental decision than it is anything physical. It really is. I mean, last night we were invited to some friend's house. They had some friends there that we've known for years from out of town. And we said, sure, we'll join them. We went over. She had a beautiful display set up. So we were there with two other couples. She had a beautiful display of chicken pot pies, salad of desserts. She had cookies and brownies and things. I sat with them at the table. 
I mean, sat with them for three hours at the table. I had a glass of iced tea. It wasn't a struggle. I didn't feel like I was in pain or being deprived because I had made the decision. This is what I'm doing. I do it for both the spiritual, mental cleansing as well as the physical cleansing. I mean, it's enjoyable once you make the decision to do it. And I'm not promoting, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not telling you to, to fast in any particular way. Some of you probably have stories about how it's impacted you, how it's helped you. But for me, that's just something that I, that I enjoy doing once in a while. So that's part of it. But I'm also doing a couple new things more intentionally than I ever have. I was recently introduced to the Wim Hof Method, W-I-M-H-O-F. A wild and crazy guy. You can check that out at WimHoffMethod.com. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But he focuses on two things primarily, those being breathing and cold showers. So I'm doing those now in this new year as well. Breathing, where you just get in a comfortable position, be that sitting comfortably or laying flat on your back, and then take 30 deep breaths. Now, this may sound like it's pretty simple. Well, gee, I'm breathing all the time. No, you know what? You're not breathing deeply. Breathing deeply is a different experience. If you really breathe deeply, breathe slowly in and then just allow it to release. Breathe out. If you really breathe in deeply like that, I will guarantee you by about number 10, you're going to feel lightheaded. It's going to change your metabolism. It's going to change you pretty dramatically, just the deep breathing. Well, doing that is a real cleansing process. So I've been doing that very intentionally, that breathing, deep breathing, 30 to 40 reps. So I do that in the morning as well. And then the other thing is cold showers. Now, you probably have seen people out there. I mean, Tony Robbins takes a ice bath in the morning first thing. You've heard about that. But this is about a simpler process of doing that. And so I'm experimenting with it. I don't know that I'll do this every day for the rest of my life. I might. So far, it's been a, a pretty cool experience. And when I did a little bit of research, it's pretty clear to show the benefits of a cold shower. Reduced stress levels. I mean, regularly taking cold showers imposes a small amount of stress in your body, which leads to a process called hardening. It helps you handle stress better. So the next time stress comes along, you're more positioned to handle that. It's a higher level of alertness. It causes your body to wake up, inducing a higher state of alertness. It helps you decrease the level of CO2 in your body, helping you concentrate. It really helps you focus and be ready. I mean, it, it helps you improve your immune system, your immune response. And a lot of what I was dealing with was inflammation, compromising my immune system with inflammation, partly because of the foods that I was eating and also because of just my mental state. But a cold shower helps increase your immune response. Increased willpower, certainly that. I mean, a few years ago, Julian Smith wrote a little bit book called Flinch. In there, he talked about that response that we all have just before. I mean, if you're going to skydive, you're going to jump out of the airplane. I mean, just before you go out the door, ooh, you got that flinch. Oh, my gosh, am I really going to do this? But once you get through the flinch, it opens you up to things you've never experienced before. One of the things that he used as an example was stepping into a cold shower. And I mentioned that a couple of times in my podcast. 
And then I thought, now, wait a minute, that's ridiculous for me to talk about that as an example if I have not done it. So I did do it. This has been several years ago. And I realized, you know, cold shower, yeah, it's kind of shocking when you just jump in there. But then you realize, well, this isn't going to kill me. It's just cold water. But I had never done anything consistently. Now I am. And what I'm doing, and also cold shower adds to weight loss, makes weight loss easier. So all those benefits, pretty easy to see. And again, if you go to WimHoffMethod.com, there's a link there where it'll show you the benefits of just cold showers. So what I'm doing, and I've got the first 20 days of the month mapped out, where I'm increasing, going from you know 15 seconds to 30 seconds to a minute, and then to ultimately to two minutes. So I'm at about a minute at this point. And what I do is go ahead and take a normal shower, warm shower, so I shampoo, you know, soap up, everything. And then when I'm finished, then I just turn the water all the way to cold. So it's after I've been in the shower anyway, turn the water all the way to cold. So there's about a five-second transition of going from nice, warm, steamy water to, to totally cold. And then I just turn around and wash it over my head, scrub my head and everything, and raise my arms and raise my legs in totally cold shower. Now, that may sound nuts, and maybe it is. Maybe I'll decide it's nuts. But right now, that's one of the things that I'm doing. So here's the deal. I've got seven things that I just described here, seven things that I do that help me get myself in a physical condition where I can see see the world as I want to see it and be as productive as I want to. Number one is diet. Number two is exercise. Number three is mindset. Number four is supplements. Number five is fasting. Number six is breathing. Number seven is cold showers. I asked Randy, Randy James, my doctor, when I was coming out of this, when I was feeling so much better and ready to do a testimonial for him, you know, I said, man, I feel like I'm at the edge of the woods. I'm, just, I'm not just out of the woods. I'm seeing a whole new horizon that I've not seen before. I don't want to be just at the edge of the woods and be prone and vulnerable to being pulled back into the condition I was. I want to increase my health to a level that I've never experienced before. So I keep learning, keep learning how to do that. But I asked him, I said, you know, was it the diet? Was it the exercise? Was it the mindset? Was it the supplements? What was it that helped me get better? He says, yes. Meaning it was all of those. We aren't going to try to narrow it down and define just one thing that makes, it was a combination of those. So I'm now using those seven things, diet, exercise, mindset, supplements, fasting, breathing, cold showers. That's my plan for right now. That's the combination that I'm using to help me maintain and increase the health that I'm experiencing right now. Now again, our quotation for today is, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. If you want to change who you are, how you are, how you feel, how you produce, how you perform, how you can attain maximal health and energy, vitality, your imagination, your dreaming will increase, be intentional about that. Don't think that that's just going to happen on its own. Don't look for a pill to take. Be intentional about how you're going to do that. Hey, I want to remind you about the webinar we've got coming up January 14th, 1 o'clock or 7 o'clock, 40days.com slash webinar, finding your sweet spot. We'll introduce some of the things that I talked about here, but what do you do to find your sweet spot? That place where you're going to have that perfect blend 
of the things that will maximize your productivity and allow you to increase your impact, your influence, your finances, your health, whatever it is you want to be better in, it'll allow you to do that. Hey, join us, 48days.com webinar. Thanks for sticking with me on this kind of an unusual theme. Certainly not one where I claim to be an expert, but just sharing my own personal experience. I hope it's been inspiring for you and informative so you can address your own needs in this arena. Boy, a great time of year to be figuring this out and deciding this is what I want to do. I'm going to be at my best and create the best year I've ever had. Hey, thanks for being part of this growing audience. Thanks for listening consistently, for sharing this podcast with others, for providing reviews, podcast iTunes. We appreciate that so much. But more than anything, thanks for being part of this belief space, this community where we know without any doubt we can find or create work and a life that's fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable.